welcome to this edition of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. Today we're joined by Angels broadcaster Jose Moda. Jose has done broadcast work for the Angels in both English and Spanish since 2002, where they won the World Series. He's the son of Manny Moda, arguably the greatest pinch hitter in Major League history. There's a lot to talk about regarding the Angels and about the MLB season, which starts this week. Also, Jose was the inspiration for us for the last podcast that we did with uh, Benji Molina. <laughs> Jose, thanks for uh, talking to us. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Benji and I, man, strong bond with the whole family. Benji, Jose, uh, Yadier. I uh, got to meet his mom and dad uh, back in Puerto Rico. Uh, just outstanding people. And, you know, Benji's father, I don't know if he told you that, his father was one of the best, probably yep. the best amateur player in the history of Puerto Rico and never signed because he decided to stay with the kids. Yeah, I know that, that that's what the book is about. The The Molina yeah. family book is about. Um, I, uh, Benji, a former angel. Jose, a former angel. I want to talk a lot of angels here. The angels are a really interesting team to talk about heading into the season because, like, I was looking at this even compared to, like, the A's who were thought to be a, a considerably better team. The angels have a lot more interesting players, from what I could tell. And I, I'll, we'll start with Mike Trout. What's the state of uh, Mike Trout heading into 2020, and what should we be watching from him as he approaches this season? Well, like the gamer that he is, I mean, Mike is ready and focused on opening up the season. Uh, we know that he will have to miss some time because of his child that, uh, you know, it's on the way. That's in early August. But right now his focus is on getting ready and on making sure that um, there are no distractions for this ball club. They have a great challenge ahead of them. They have a great opportunity ahead of them. And as you mentioned, this team is pretty stacked offensively. And even though, you know, on the pitching side, if you look at games one through 162, not being the case this season, they're pretty deep and pretty well stacked in terms of structure of starting pitching, depth, middle guys, and the back end of that bullpen. But uh, we do have, as you mentioned, a lot of interesting guys, globally interesting to so many people. And, uh, you know, the best uh, available agent offensive player, we have an Anthony Rendon. So it should be a fun 60-game uh, stretch, hopefully – more than that, but they know when they hit the ground on July 24th, it is playoff season immediately. What's the thing that you would say to watch with Trout and the way that he plays that someone might not pick up just watching the highlights from him? He's so smart, and this is something that you don't see unless you look at you know previous at-bats the previous week. But Mike Trout is the one player that I've seen and witnessed that from one pitch to the next can make the quickest adjustment. And not just like he fouled something off and just missed it or he broke his bat in a foul ball and just goes back and makes contact. No, breaking his bat and then the same pitch again, same location, and smoking the ball. That's how special he is. I've seen Mike Trout get fooled early in games and stick with his plan to say, okay, I got fooled, um, but I got to stay with that pitch because I know I'm going to see it again. So. There's never a rush in his at-bats, as you can tell by, you know, the amount of walks that he has every year, um, the amount of pitches he sees per plate appearance. And he's just a very astute ball player overall. And, and think about Mike Trout for the Angels is the best slugger, perhaps the best base runner, and also the best setup guy. He, he's a table setter too, so he brings everything, plays with joy, uh, defensively much better. Uh, should be winning a gold glove here uh, someday soon. But, man, he is just a fun uh, thrill to watch every single day because 
he has fun playing the game. And what you don't see behind the scenes, it's even more incredible. Time that he puts in and the videos and listening to Albert Pujols and Justin Upton and just getting opinions. He's, he's not afraid of that. I mean, the best of the best become the best because they also listen to the best on their field and they apply those things quickly and also make it look a little bit easier sometimes. There are about 10, ten different things, at least, that you would say that Mike Trout is a uh, MLB leader in. And Rendon is not far behind, probably, in most of those things. What have your, been your early impressions of him? Anthony Rendon is a pro, man. Oh, my God. Talk about a guy that uh, brings a lot of calmness to the clubhouse. I always love guys that you acquire that have gone through the grind, the adversity of starting off really badly last year with the Nationals as a team, and being the World Series champs. Why does that mean a lot to me? Because it tells me that a guy is not just saying it to say it to his teammates, like, hey, guys, relax, you know, we'll get him tomorrow. He's been there. But he also knows that through the good stretches and the tough stretches, you got to stay within yourself. you got to go out there and, and continue to prepare. You have to trust your teammates. you got to believe in the system. There's a process involved. And think of the games that I've seen him with the Angels uniform in these inter-squat games and the Cactus League games. My goodness, he's under control. Every at-bat, every pitch, quick to adjust. Um, just the, the flow of that swing. Defensively, he's so relaxed and covers so much ground. Makes it look way too easy. So left side of the infield, my goodness, are we spoiled with Simmons and Rendon. Yeah, I was going to get to Andrelton next. And we, we, he's kind of a poster child favorite of ours because we pay so much attention to defense. Uh, what impresses you the most, similar to Trout, what impresses you the most about Simmons watching him every day in the field? He's a captain on the field. He's a Derek Jeter on the field. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's way better defensively than Jeter ever was. But he's got that alertness. You know, what made Jeter great, too, is that sometimes it was lacking maybe in physical ability and, or, or, or strength or whatever on the field defensively. He made up by his smarts. But Simmons has everything. Got the arm. He threw 97 miles an hour as a pitcher when he was junior college. He's got the accurateness. He's got the ability to read the field, meaning he knows where guys are playing. He knows how far he should go or can go. And he also anticipates, like nobody else, where can I throw the ball that nobody's anticipating or looking for on the opposing side and the base running side to get an out? He's always in the foot to get an out somehow. And one thing is, too, Mark, there's not one play that he believes that he cannot make. And you got to love that beyond that. Now let's go to the offensive side and how much he's improved. I mean, I have so many friends in Atlanta that just tell me, how in the world did you guys get this player? Simmons is more than capable of being number two, a number three hitter, a number five hitter. And he'll drive in runs because he puts the ball in play. Also, is not afraid to go deep in counts. Gets on top of the baseball so nicely. And Simba plays relaxed. He has fun. I think he has a third eye in the back of his head because it seems like he picks up things that, Nobody else does. Is there one play in particular that you remember with him that particularly impresses you? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Going back on, on short in the triangle between he and Trout and Upton and turning his back almost a la, a la Omar Vizquel, but just not just making the play, you know, with his back turned to home plate, but then finding a way to make a throw, an accurate throw, and doubling somebody up. You know, there's been a plethora of plays that he's made. I mean, the other day in an air squad, I, I think I, I put on Instagram, He's taking ground balls uh, before the in, the inner squad. He goes to his right, and they're you know turning double plays. He goes to his right, reaches, gets a baseball, throws the ball between his legs, 
strike to David Fletcher at second base. So that's one thing, too, that I really like to see for more players is sometimes practice cannot be so structured and, and regimented. Guys need to have fun and stretch their limits. Never find out what you can do in situations like that, for example, uh, flipping with the glove, things like that that you know are magical. Um, if you don't let the kids have fun and, and during practice, yes, you want structured, disciplined practices, but at some point, man, you got to just let, say, you know what? 10 ground balls on your own. Do whatever you want. Be acrobatic because that's what Simba brings every single day. And there's not so many plays going in, coming in, scooping, barehanding, everything that you can think of, he makes. Joe Madden uh, was quoted the other day talking about another angel infielder, David Fletcher, uh, very highly. Uh, and by our defensive stats, defensive runs saved, he's really good at one position, really good at another position in limited time at each. Uh, what are your impressions of him and what should we be watching from him going into the season? He's a solid ball player. Wherever David Fletcher is, either the ball's going to find him and he's going to make the routine play. He makes the routine play, which is so important. Okay. Then he also makes the outstanding play because he has also a very acute sense of who's hitting, who's on the mound, and where he's playing. You know, whether he's playing third, where he was a finalist for a gold glove, believe it or not, whether he's playing short, he always seems to be ahead in terms of what step to take left, right, go in, go back to almost like Cal Ripken used to do. And Cal said, I would cheat. Well, cheating means I would start leaning in one direction or the other, anticipating. That's what it means. Anticipating a ball being hit. Once in a while, you're going to get burned. But Devin Fletcher just lets the game come to him. He knows exactly what to look for. He also anticipates very well. Very prepared player. And I watch his batting practice ground, ground ball routines. And he does exactly the same thing during the game. Very solid, fundamentally sound, arm angle, accurateness. And also a guy that uh, once in a while, I love when he has fun also on the field during BP. <laughs> All right. So uh, transitioning from this to two guys where we're not necessarily talking about defense, but there's plenty to talk about still. Uh, one's Shohei Atani. Oh, Shohei looks outstanding. Shohei, Shohei puts on a show in batting practice with this easy power um, to the big part of the field. You know, there's guys that have power to the pole side, and they're yanking balls and yanking balls and getting on top of the plate. This guy takes his batting practice like he does the game. Wherever they pitch me, I'm going to go that way. But his power is is so fluid. He has such a nice swing and fluid through the zone. And he's lanky, obviously, so he has those limbs that allow him to be very flexible. He looks great uh, in the hitter's box, and he looks great on the mound. Now, on the mound, it is a longer process, obviously, because – he hasn't pitched in, what, September of 2018. It's been a long time. That was early September. So for Shohei, right now he's finding some command issues, getting a feel for secondary pitches, his slider, his curveball, uh, his splitter is a big pitch. So it's a matter of time. But in terms of health, he's there. Mechanics are there. Velocity is there. And then when the lights turn on, keep in mind, this guy turns into a different monster and. uh we just cannot wait because you think about Shohei. Shohei is a candidate for the MVP as a hitter, as a pitcher, and he's a candidate, obviously, for the Cy Young. Think about that. Triple threat in those categories. Also learning my Japanese. So as you mentioned uh, before the broadcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, learning Japanese because of Shohei. Actually, my interest became back in 2001 with Ichiro Suzuki. I became friends with Ichiro. I saw the media coverage. I saw the passion from the Japanese fans, and I'm like, this is so special. So I bought a book. Somebody recommended a book called Japanese for Busy People. And I bought that book back in 2002. 
I still have it. I listen to the audio. So that kind of kicks off some things. Then we got a superstar in Shohei Otani. I'm like, okay, I got to get real with this. And even though I'm not fluent in Japanese, I know a few phrases and words, but I started a, a bilingual Twitter chat with Saya Nomura, who is the granddaughter of the legendary Katsua Nomura. He's like the Yogi Bear in Japan. And she's <laughs> an angel's ambassador for the fans here in Japan and Japanese. And we learn, and we invite some guests. I mean, from players there now, or Trey Hillman, who managed over there, media members and writers to learn a lot. And also, Shohei Otani and I started something back in spring training uh, in March where Shohei would teach me one word every single day in spring training, and then I would talk about it during the broadcast. So uh, my interest is there. It's going to take a while. I do enjoy uh, communicating with the Japanese fans because they are very good and they're so into their heroes. Yep, and it's amazing. So we get 12 minutes into the conversation here, and we haven't said the words Albert Pujols once. <laughs> now, he's, he's clearly nearing the end of, of, of his line, um, but is there anything that you've noticed from him heading into 2020 in particular? Oh, yes, for sure. Albert is in uh, great physical condition, and I think, thankfully, he has not had to deal with rehabs or surgeries the last couple of off-seasons, and that's big for him. Albert understands his body. Albert knows the importance that he plays for this ball club. He knows the importance that he plays for Mike Trout and for Justin Upton and for Simba and those guys. Albert Pujols, even though, you know, some people and hopefully you, you, you're not one of those guys that, you know, disregards the RBI. 93 RBIs at age 39 and 23 home runs on limited time, by the way, under 140 games. It's a lot. And I always say that some guys were born to drive in runs. He's one of them. And if driving and runs was so easy, then why aren't there more people in the 2000 RBI club? And yes, you are a product and you're going to get, a, you know, guys that hit in front of you. And he's benefited from having Trout and the wonderful years with the Cardinals. But he knows how to drive in runs. And I think Joe Madden has a different appreciation for him. Uh, Mike Socha did. Tony LaRusso, who's not with the Angels, does. And Albert knows what his job is. The numbers of St. Louis are not going to come back. Let's forget about that. Either the watch or the OPS, or the on-base, or the average. But this guy understands what his role is. He knows RBIs mean that your team scored. And for your team to score more than the other team, that is a purpose, and that's a finality, and that's what you want. So Albert, also very dedicated to being healthy on the field, to play some first base, to be able also to fit in well. His DH days, with first base days, also mixing in with Shohei Otani and how the Angels balance his pitching and the DH situations. Now, you mentioned Joe Madden. We, we didn't even, I could have brought him up at the top. I didn't, I saved him for here. Uh, just to get a, a thought on how is he going to handle the pitching this season? Joe will be a guy that um, is going to give guys length. You know, this whole thing about the opener is out the door. That did not go well for the Angels. Joe knows who he has. And Mickey Calloway is a pitching coach. And I think it's so refreshing when Joe Madden, you know, he's asked about pitching. He goes, hey, at this stage, right now in summer camp or in spring training, that's Mickey's apartment. He goes, I don't interfere with that. So Joe knows. Joe has won championships. Again, we'll go back to the pedigree of winning. With the Cubs, he took a race team to the World Series. He knows how to manage personalities, characters, clubhouse, temple, and temperament. It's very important. And with the pitching, he knows he's got three guys on the backside, and Robles, and Buttry, and Middleton, that will allow him the ability to shorten games He's got flexibility in the middle with Bedrosian, Nora Ramirez, uh, Luke Bard, and, and other candidates, Felix Pena among them too, that he knows that a short leash at times will mean he has enough 
guys that can come in the middle and get some outs when they need it, you know, innings three, four, five, five, six, seven, whatever it is. But um, Joe knows that 60 games is a stretch in which, uh, you know, even though Angels pitchers are supposed to be stretched out to 90 pitches at least when the season begins, he understands that perhaps some guys are going to pitch under more duress than others. And Joe understands and reads well as to what guys need. And with Joe, as you know very well too, Mark, the glass is always half full. And Joe always uh, certainly very uh, willing to try different and unusual strategies. And yeah. I'm curious, um, from uh, from your perspective, broadcasting both English and Spanish language, uh, what is it like to teach analytics and some of the new things that have come up in baseball uh, to the Spanish-speaking audience? Because I think everyone's kind of learning all this stuff at the same time. I, I think baseball fans, it's kind of universal language. But like, just curious about like something like, what's the term for launch angle? Or how do you explain something like that in Spanish? Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, we are adjusting on the fly. Hey, we're also learning all these things, too, in terminologies, how to apply them to the broadcast to enrich the broadcast and be caught up in tune with the modern-day you know, statistics and analytics. So, angulo de ataque. Angulo de salida, okay? Angulo de salida is launch angle. Uh, we talk about the barrel. Uh, we talk about spin rates. So, revoluciones de la recta. All those things that, you know, players are talking about, we translate them as best possible. And, you know, there is a very well-educated uh, Latino broadcasters and analytics and even kids, young kids working in uh, these major league offices that are so well in tune with what's going on with those changes, that now they're passing it on to the players in Spanish a lot easier. So we as broadcasters do the best we can to explain it, let fans know that this is part of the game. It is important. It's vital. It's new, but it's a big part to understand more and more the value of a player. But uh, it's fun. You know, keep learning new things every single year pretty much uh, to go out there and keep us also uh, out of mind so that uh, we need to go out there and be fresh. Is it similar to um, the English-speaking audience where you have your traditionalists and your older people that are very kind of set in their way, uh, and then the younger people are the ones that are kind of picking up on it quicker? It is, but it isn't. It is in a way because, as I mentioned, there's an influx of young executives and personalities in scouting, too, and employee development that have these things that are well-suited and educated on these and well-versed on these. But on the Hispanic side, you are more of the old mentality you know like hey just tell me how many rbis he has just tell me the home runs tell me the average they're a little more accepting to perhaps getting on base uh, they want the stolen base they want pitchers to win games uh, they do understand quality starts and pitches per inning and things like that and the whip and all that uh, ops plus but uh, there's also the old tradition of many people that still listen to the games on the radio uh, they want to know hey you know what just give me the score some of the guys right. hitting and nothing else. I don't know about war. He goes, you know, some people are like, I don't know how they get to war, but I know when I see a winning player, and that's all they need to know. Sounds like the same kind of uh, discussions that we have here. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have one other thing uh, to bring up. Um, with no DH in the National League this year, that means no more pitcher hitting and no more pinch hitters uh, or much fewer pinch hitters. Right. How, does, how does the Moda family feel about that between you and, and your dad? Well, obviously, I'm glad my dad's not playing. It was needed for this season, I think, uh, for sure. I, I see it coming down the line. There's no doubt about it. You know, there, you're dealing with so many intangibles and uncertainties this season that uh, it was the best thing to keep pitchers as safe as possible. I know some the Kershaws of the world will love to hit. I know that. But uh, it's the best thing to go out there and do this. But, hey, there's still going to be some pinch hitting. Not as much anymore. 
But uh, the strategies are going to change without the pitcher out there and double switching and all those kinds of things. Uh, but I like it. it. It was needed in baseball. And uh, you're going to see some more interesting stuff, especially now with the extra inning rule with a man at second base, nobody out. Boy, it's going to be thrilling and fun to watch who does what offensively and who does what to match it up also with the gloves. Yeah, are the Angels, um, I guess, prepared for that with a couple of tricks up their sleeve, pinch runners and stuff? Always. You got to know who is the guy that made the last out. Do you want to lead off with him at second base? And uh, do you send in a pinch runner, knowing that if the game prolongs, you're going to lose that bat or you know, that defensive player? But Joe Madden has been creative. He's been presenting these situations on a daily basis pretty much to the young players in Long Beach where they're training some of the guys in the taxi squad. And to the big guys, you know, uh, from the safety squeeze to the five-man infield to, you know, bringing anybody in and uh, knowing that you got to crowd uh, the, the, the shallow areas of the field to get those outs is very important. And from the offensive side, is it going to be a bunt? Is it going to be a, a hit the ball the other way? Or is it going to be, hey, I don't want you to move the, move them over. Drive them in. Let's win this thing right now. So it's going to give you a plethora of options depending on who you're facing, who's on the mound, the story maybe a matchup between this player and hitter against this pitcher, with the pitchers having to go at least three batters, that's going to change even more. But I think one of the biggest things you can have, in my opinion, is a guy that can steal third base because most late inning relievers don't want to be messing with holding runners on. And if you have that weapon, you're just 90 feet closer to home plate. Now, considering, too, that you do not want to be taking the bat away from the main guns when they're coming up because you're opening up bases for the opponent and making it much easier for them to pitch around. All right, uh, last question for uh, Jose Mota, kind enough to get, uh, join us today, Angels broadcaster. Uh, tell us about the, the charity work that your family does, uh, because I was reading about that today, and I found that particularly interesting. Well, my father and my mother started a, a charity, uh, the Manny Mota Foundation, over 40 years ago, and they've done some marvelous things um, in the Dominican and pretty much uh, you know, through a lot of communities here in Los Angeles, from scholarships to kids uh, here in L.A. to providing food, medical care uh, to many people in, in the Dominican and throughout the island. And myself, myself, my wife, uh, my daughter, my son started our own charity called Modus Faces. You can find it on Instagram, Modus Faces, where we, because of my daughter's idea when she was six or seven years old, of going to the Dominican with us every single year as a baby and, and just knowing that you got to go out there and share and give and, and, and spend time with those needy because we grew up like that. We even though we grew up privileged, I would say we're blessed to know that uh, God provided so many things for us. But our parents always taught us to share your blessings and with others. That brings so much joy to our hearts. So we started at Modus Faces because we wanted to have our kids have their legacy with giving and, and looking in the eye of those that are in real need. And also using education as a platform because my daughter then from there started to take a group of her friends and students from Pretty Old Christian School here in California to assist in the Dominican. So every year for the last 10 years, uh, they make a trip from eighth grade. They go down there and get dirty and get on their knees and play with these kids, provide everything with chaperones, doctors, uh, assistance, and, and everything you need to just make a very nice Thanksgiving week or just after the holidays to, uh, you know, if New Year's holiday. So these kids feel important. They feel wanted. You know, they feel like somebody cares about them. And I cannot be more proud of what we've done, but there's more to do. And if you want to cooperate or donate, it's very easy. Just go to our, our website, modospaces.com. And if you send $5, $10, $1, we'll make sure that dollar goes exactly to where it needs, to the kids and for the needy families down in the Dominican. Very nice. Longtime Angels broadcaster, Jose Moda, thank you for taking the time to join us. 
This wraps up this edition of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. For Jose Moda and our producer, Justin Stein, I'm Mark Simon. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.